Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanard. Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't get to do this very often. Uh, it's been a, a solo ride for a while now, ever since Kenji left me and broke my heart, which is, you know, totally fine. I still see the guy all the time, so love him. But uh, I am fortunate enough that uh, I get to spend a little bit of time. Well, one, I get to steal this guy <laughs> from Grazy World and from our brother from another mother, Gray. And I get to have uh, a really good buddy, a four-color demon, a fellow ant, producer Chris. What's up, producer Chris? Hey, what's up? Yeah, he bought me for uh, a pack of Camel Crushes. <laughs> Worth every single I know, penny. I know Gray's probably shaking his head right now. Like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> Prison rules. Hey. <laughs> no, Camel Crushes is his jam. Is that, do you know about that's the one where it's like a regular cigarette and they crush it the end and it turns into a menthol? No, yeah. I didn't know that. No, yeah. I, I, when it comes to the world of cigarettes yeah. or cigars or anything, I have no clue. So, so, you know, that, that to me is like, that's like you're speaking magic. I don't know what that means. When, when I used to work at, uh, like a market deli, sometimes I'd have to work the register and they sold cigarettes there. Yeah. And when people would ask me for cigarettes, it was like in guardians of the galaxy two, where like Groot keeps coming back with like these random items <laughs> because they would be all like, uh, yeah, man, let me get the marble one hundreds. And I'm like this. And they're like, that's a chocolate bar. <laughs> it would just always, cause like, I don't smoke. So I, I don't know. And they're like, no, that one. And it's like this, <laughs> it's like, those are Virginia slims. <laughs> what's the difference i i don't i don't understand <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> so man how have you been i know we got to uh, let's let's do a little sneak peek behind the uh the curtain we've caught up just so everybody knows but we can't tell you about some of the things we've caught up about so <laughs> you know so this is more uh, uh pod catch up <laughs> yeah oh yeah i mean i i will full disclosure um we did just smash a <laughs> large round table that's right pepperoni sausage that's and right. bacon pizza right now that's full disclosure we did do that <laughs> it was but, delicious um, yeah i'm i'm doing great i've been doing a lot of traveling you know on these vacations and uh disney world right he definitely gave me some disney magic so <laughs> homegirl and i had an amazing time uh, i'm so glad i took your advice on going the extra day and park hopping be our guest the food was amazing that's and it, it really was a truly magical experience to say the least yeah i i mean i really think everybody should get the chance to go at least once to walt disney world it's if if you're listening to this and you've been to the California version, it, imagine that times a hundred. I mean, literally the queue lines are bigger. The rides are bigger. Like everything's just bigger. And, and 
I feel like the Imagineers got to their training ground was California. And once they worked out how the process is for Imagineering, they got to go crazy in Florida. And so they got to really do it up. Like, did you get a chance to do Haunted Mansion over there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I love the queue line there. The It's so different than ours. And I love ours because I like it's one of my favorite attractions. But I have to say, like, there's something about the way that that one is set up over there. It just feels, I don't know, just bigger. And there's, you know, there's more thought to or more opportunity for art artistry in how they put everything together. Yeah. You know, for us, um, it was finding the differences that people are always referencing, right? Like there's the one lady whose face is always on merch and it's not Madame Leota. It's like a headstone. Yeah. We, we just thought it was a random headstone that we had never seen before. But when we're, when we're over at um, Magic Kingdom, that's the last headstone before you go in right. and her eyes blink. And yeah. we were both like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I get it because she's not – I haven't seen her at the California one. I've only right. seen her over there. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I get it. And, of course, you know, the castles are different and, like – it it just seemed very similar, but yet like very different, you know. Right. So it was it was cool. I I mean I would imagine this what people feel like when they go to England, right? <laughs> Where it's like this is very similar, but they're driving on the other side of the road. <laughs> yeah, the food's more bland and it's a little off. <laughs> Actually, I will say that that's one thing that over there they blew California out of the water. Like there was like three times as many restaurants. Oh, there yeah. There was way more oh, food. yeah. And I would say the food were pretty much all hits over there versus over here. Right, yeah. right. No, yeah, you're right, yeah. I mean, back in 2008 when I went, <clears throat> we stayed at one of the resorts, and even the um, the cafeteria that that connects to that particular resort, and we were staying at like a, like the, a low-end resort, Disney resort, mm -hmm. that was pretty awesome like the offerings were great the snacks that they had available it was right next to the swimming pool it was really well thought out mm -hmm. so they yeah they they kill it with every every the way they that the way that place is is structured and thought out is really well done I, totally i didn't even get to ask you but you went to animal kingdom amazing uh yeah, yeah. what'd you think like i i as someone who loves las vegas like <laughs> I was so into the Disney uh, Lion King show. Have you been to that? Yes. The Simba show? Yeah. Like I, I was at the edge of my seat. I was like, dude, if we were in Vegas and we paid like a hundred bucks to see this show, not each, but like, right, like right. you know, it's like yeah. 50 bucks a pop to go see the show. I would not be disappointed. It right, was like, right. they, they had fire dancing and trampoline yeah. and stuff and puppets and floats and, and singers. And stuff. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. There's people like flying up in the air. I was like, this is awesome. And I think you were there when they're still they're still right now technically in the process of celebrating mm -hmm. their anniversary. Yeah, it was from January to March. Mm -hmm. So I was looking, I had seen online they had a giant Mickey and, and it reminded me of like, you know, the golden cat. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking for it to take a picture with it, but I couldn't find it. Yeah, yeah but, they had a bunch of other, like yeah. they had R2-D2 mm -hmm. and, and, and BBA. Uh, BBA. We took a picture yeah. with those and yeah. then there was other ones scattered throughout the park. But, um, oh yeah, we had a blast where you got to go on the uh, right, Flight of Passage. That was an amazing ride. Avatar. <laughs> yeah. And I get it with the blue cat. That, <laughs> that land was really, really, really cool. Like, I... 
I'm not as big of a Avatar fan as I am of Star Wars. Right. right? Like right. I love Star Wars, but I just feel like if there's any any chance for like the real world to kind of like shine through in um was it I can't like even architecture or um what do you even call it the outpost oh um oh you're talking about uh the Star Wars land yeah. you're talking about uh, black black, black spire, spire outpost yeah yeah cuz that's what it's called right yeah, yeah, if yeah. there's any chance for reality to like slide through in there i feel like in the avatar land like you really are like in a different world yeah like time i feel like it it just seems more like alien that's a that's actually a good point like i think they did a better job in my opinion of the way that where they put uh, star wars land over here Mm -hmm. you really do feel like you're completely separated from Mm -hmm. the park entirely like it it feels like its own unique thing in in a way where the entrance to the other one in florida is more part of the commercialized yeah. aspect of hollywood you know yeah. studios so yeah that 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 is a little i mean otherwise they 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 have a couple little differences where they have a like a crash site you know that we don't have over here like so they do that's one of the things i do appreciate too is that everything is not one to one like they do make an effort in both locations of making sure that there's enough separation so that if you do go to both you do appreciate something about each one so yeah i like that yeah and actually when we were over in the um like the little first order shop over yeah. by that like star cruiser um we saw johnny galecki from big bang theory oh wow yeah i was like that guy looks familiar i was like i wonder if he's in a band or something and then Ray was all like that's the guy from roseanne and i was like you didn't even watch roseanne you? <laughs> i forgot he was in roseanne yeah uh, yeah that's right yeah and we saw him and we like walked past him and stuff and then kind of she like looked at him and then kind of looked at her and then walked away with him bother him dude that dude's mega blessed yeah. went from one super successful series to another super i'm sure he doesn't mm-hmm. have to work ever again mm-hmm. like residuals on both of those is, mm-hmm. would be insane oh yeah so but yeah we we had a great time we had a blast uh all the rides were pretty awesome mickey's runaway rail car homegirl wasn't that into it i was super into it <laughs> i i was living for that ride and i i honestly i think my favorite part was the shows yeah I really enjoyed I I enjoyed the Lion King show. I enjoyed the Monsters Inc show. I thought that was hilarious. Um I think did we do a third one? I think we did a third one. But yeah, the Monsters Inc. <laughs> this part was really cuz you've been to that one, right? That laughing I, No, I didn't go to that part. Oh my god, it was awesome. <clears throat> so, uh it's kind of like uh, Turtle Talk with Crush. Oh yeah. Where they have like the animation on there and then there's a voice actor doing okay. their thing, right? So, it's a show where it's like, oh, the monsters, they're not looking for screams anymore. They're trying to get laughs. And that's how they power the city, right? Like in yeah. the movie. Yeah. So they have um, this like giant battery that they're trying to fill. But it's kind of like um, Saturday Night at the Apollo, where it's like they're bringing in all these comedians <laughs> to do their thing. Yeah. So um, one of the MCs, he's like, oh, I'm going to need a human guest. And it's like, oh, you young lady, will you be my guest? And it's like, yeah, okay, tell us a joke. And then she's all like, okay. Um, why did a superhero flush the toilet? And he's like, why? She's like, it was his duty. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone was laughing and then the meter's going. So then the monster is all like, oh man, that one's really filling the can. 
And then people started laughing more. And then he was all like, uh, I'm really pushing the envelope on this. Maybe we should change. <laughs> I feel like that has the potential to go very wrong yeah. very fast. If you get someone who's like, has no filter, yeah. <laughs> tell me a joke. They're like, all right. Well, that's, that's specifically why you picked a kid, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I could, if you want to hear a joke, I could tell you the one about a bus full of nuns that goes off a cliff. I'm not going to go into that right now. <laughs> Man, I'm glad you had a great time. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we had an absolute blast and uh, uh for your recommendation we went to be our guest and the food was amazing food was so good that's cool yeah so we had a really good time and uh homegirl powered through and it was literally after i think she got a little motion sick from the avatar ride yeah and it's like hey all we have to do is just get on a bus to epcot and this is the last ride for the night the cosmic rewind oh, okay and she was coming down a little bit and then by the time we got off the ride she was all like i'm not feeling so good it's like we're <laughs> oh, done geez. the park the park closed we did it we made it we made it we did it we did it all nice so we got on every like pretty much everything except the ratatouille ride nice that was the only one we didn't get on yeah but we yeah. got on like everything else that's cool, man. Yeah, and also something to look forward to when you go back. Oh, yeah. So you go on Reddit too and maybe spend a little bit more time too, like, you know, second time around. So that's rad. Oh, yeah. So we don't have, a, obviously, I don't have a format. Usually I kind of just do stream of thought, like, or unless I'm specifically focusing on like the end of the year movies or whatever. But something I don't think we've ever gotten a chance to talk about that I wanted to ask you, and I, I will answer any question that I give your way, but I wanted to talk about today since I have you, your favorite comic book, your favorite song, your favorite movie. Okay. And why? Like, <clears throat> you know, whether it's nostalgia or something else, because we, we did talk about reminiscing a little bit mm -hmm. about some things like my best summer or mm -hmm. my best period of time when I was, you know, young or whatever. So yeah, like what what are your thoughts on that? So I, I would have to say probably my favorite comic book of all time is probably gonna be The Watchmen. Cause I read that actually like the summer that I graduated high school. So like I grew up reading comics and uh, we didn't always have money for comics. So right. the comics that I did have, like I studied them like a Bible and I just read them over and over and over again. And then I tried to, to draw the stuff in the comics, right? And then I would just like read them over and over and over again. And I, I didn't know what would happen in the next issue because it was just like, mm, you know? Yeah. But um, I was into comics. I had my comics. I read a lot of comics. I watched you know, all the... You know, superhero cartoons, 90s X-Men, Spider-Man, all that right. stuff, right? But then, just like anyone else, you know, uh, you kind of find yourself at a point where it's like, I'm going to walk away from this because there's this thing called girls. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I walked away from it, right? But then there's people who walk away from it and don't go back. And then there's people who walk away from it and then do come back. Yeah. And uh, Civil War was actually the thing that brought me back to it where I saw what they were doing with that and I went to go pick up an issue and I was like, this is amazing. So that brought me back to comics really hard. So like that year I read The Dark Knight Returns, I read uh, The Watchmen and I was just like, okay, these are like comics for adults. And Big you know, time. It, this has been going on for a while. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, the Watchmen was, I remember that being one of those like pivotal moments in my life where it's like, you know, you watch a movie, you read a book or something and you're like, wow, this, this changed my life. This changed my outlook on things. And, yeah. And this, this is art. You know what I mean? So Watchmen was definitely it for me. I would say in terms of, uh, you know, a couple others, it would be The Dark Knight Returns and a more recent one, Tokyo Ghost. I've not, I, not read that one. I'll let you borrow it. <clears throat> I own the single issues. I own alternate covers. I own the trade paperbacks. I wow. own a hardcover. I even own the jumbo size. Holy smokes. Yeah, because that comic just really blew me away. It's, um, I'm trying to think of the, the guy's name. He's a writer artist. He did the um, Gotham White Knight recently. And I oh. really dig, is, is it Jason R.? Well, Jason Arn is no, uh, not Arn. It starts with an R. Um, huh? I can't think of his name. Well, the Gotham White Knights was done by Sean. Uh, I think Sean, Sean Murphy, Murphy is yeah. the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean Murphy. <laughs> okay, that Tokyo Ghost was his thing, and it's it's Blade Runner meets um, Judge Dredd. Is a, so is Tokyo Ghost? Is his costume an all white suit, and it's ultra violent? No. Okay. No, it's like this. Uh, here, I'll, I'll pull the cover up real quick, but yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll look it up later. Look it up later. I'll check it out. But yeah, like it's like I said, it's uh, <clears throat> it's Judge Dredd meets Blade Runner, and L.A. is kind of fused in this like Neo Tokyo future, and you have these guys called the ah, okay these guys called the constables to do yeah. the bike. And they go around policing stuff, and it's pretty cool because it's like kind of like Wally, -E, like people are just kind of like floating, <laughs> floating around. Yeah. And then uh, just like now, how we have all these ads on our phones, yeah, it's just like a frontal display, like in front of them. So people are cruising on the street. There's like porn pop-ups and all kinds of Whoa. stuff. And the villain in this, he's like a retro guy, but retro is like '90s and early 2000s stuff because they're so far <laughs> in the future, right? So it's at its core, it's a love story, but it's that kind of like, you know, Akira, like Tokyo future mixed with like that LA, like right. kind of cyberpunk yeah. vibe. And it's just kind of smashed together in this really cool love story. It's only about like 12 issues or something like that. Yeah, I'll definitely check that but out. I love that book. That's a more recent book that I just really fell in love. And that's, I got really into to Sean Murphy. And then when I saw that, because he did like Chrononauts and that other stuff. And then when I saw that he was doing Batman, I was like swooping those up. And I really love his Batman design. I think it's yeah. probably the best Batman design since like Jim Lee, in I my got, opinion. I got a Sean Murphy story. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's not a positive one, but it ends positively. But before that, I will say to anybody who's listening to this, um, the the one comic that Chris was talking about the Watchmen. Um, <clears throat> definitely go check that out. It is uh, Alan Moore and Dave Gibson are the uh, two people on that book. And the artist recently passed away. Uh, so definitely worth checking out. It is, uh, it, if you've never read comics, it'll change your mind about what you think comics are. If you've read comics, it will definitely like elevate your thinking on where comics can go like it really is a, a a great story and at its core it's very simple and straightforward but at the same time like there's a lot 
there's a lot of depth to that particular story, like a lot about like society and the way that we view government, the way that we view ourselves. And it's really, really good. But the Sean Murphy story real quick, I've, uh, I, he's the only name that I will reference here. I won't reference anybody else. I have two friends, they're professionals. They had a bad experience with him and another professional. Sean Murphy ended up apologizing and, and smoothing everything over. They had this bad run through the other professional that was, that was part of a party of the, the thing that happened with Sean Murphy. He never apologized. He continues to be a POS kids. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it was good to hear that Sean Murphy like fixed the problem and his behavior, you know, cause I do like him. And one of the things that, unfortunately, I don't know if this is the way it is for you, but for me, if somebody, if I find out somebody ends up being a jerk in real life or, you know, just doing something, I, it makes me not want to support them anymore. So it, it really drops my, uh, desire for that material or whatever. And, um, so yeah, I was, I was happy to see that he was, he turned out to be a good guy, but, um, I'll, I'll give you mine next. I'll, I'll give you my comic book. Um, cause it's, always on the top of my mind. It's something that I go back to every, like every year and reread. And it's not a single comic book, but rather it's a specific run because it was, I, I'm sure you've seen this before, but if you, but if you haven't, there's a, a there's a, a comic book artist named Mark Silvestri. Mm -hmm. And he drew at what, when I got into them, when I got into the X-Men, the thing that caught my eye when I walked into the comic book store for the first time is an image of Wolverine on his knees and his, his hands are like by his side, his, his, uh, his hands are open and they're sticking upward and the claws are popped out and he's transforming into this like monster alien looking thing. And the colors are like purple, uh, you know, like various, uh, uh, shades of purple for the front cover. And it just looks like there's a spotlight on Wolverine. And I immediately, I saw that image. Like I loved monsters. I was like, what is that? Like what, what's an X-Men and what is that? So I, I asked the guy like, can I, can I pick this book up? And he goes, yeah, go for it. Pick it up, start flipping through it. The artwork immediately just connected with me. I'd, I'd never, I, I wasn't an artist at this point, so I didn't draw. And so this like blew me away. <clears throat> so I go up to the guy and I go, Hey, I want to buy this, but it, it, is this the only, like, is this the end of the story? And he goes, no, actually there's two, you know, um, before, and there's another one coming after that will close out this particular arc. I knew nothing about comics. I didn't understand it, but I went over and I bought the two previous ones and then eagerly waited for the next one. And it's Mark Silvestri, Chris Claremont on X-Men during a period of time when the X-Men are on the run. They're no longer connected to Xavier. Like at this point, I didn't know who, who Professor X was. I didn't know who Jean Grey or Scott Summers because the X-Men that I got introduced to, it was like a, a clash of different generations all mixed together. And at this point, they're running from these aliens called the Brood, which was a complete Marvel ripoff off of Alien, like the Aliens design. Similar biology, similar, like the only difference between the Brood and Aliens is that the Brood were intelligent and they were a hive mind. They could communicate, 
But in this particular story, they're trying to, uh, and successfully were, uh, impregnating the X-Men with brood eggs. And then the brood would take over the body and adapt that mutant's ability. And now you had brood that had mutant powers to, you know, to go along with it. And, uh, man, that story completely blew me away. Like the pacing, the, the structure of it, the, the artwork, it was that got me into comics hardcore. And unlike you, I did not walk away at some point <laughs> because of girls. I actually, it, it worked out in my favor because I became an artist. So then it was like, well, yeah, I read comics cause I'm an artist and you know, I'm, I'm like, it was, it was my excuse to, it was for the art. It's the artwork. <laughs> and so, you know, girlfriends and various people are like, yeah, of course he, he reads comic books because, you know, they're art. So, well, and the, the walking away, it was only for a few years in high school because it, it was like from, I think, like the end of freshman year to like senior year. And in my senior year, I was like back into it and just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, no, 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 it's on. Like, <laughs> You're like, wait, they're doing this? <laughs> yeah. And it's been like that ever since. And I've always, uh, let my freak flag fly when it comes <laughs> nice. to that. You know? Nice. I don't hide that. So somebody called me out. I was actually taking a class with someone, and uh, <laughs> he was all like, "Hey, I like your Skeletor ring." And I was like, "Oh yeah, thanks." And he was all like, "Yeah." He's like, "Don't tell anyone, but I'm a nerd too." And then I was all like, "Uh, okay." <laughs> like, like have you ob obviously have you not looked at society, bro? Like, no, it was you know what I mean? Like, I was like. Obviously, you're a nerd too. You yeah, know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Skeletor is like, well, but I just don't like throw it out there on Front Street like you do. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, damn, am I that big of a nerd? Like, wow. Oh man, no. A flag, a fly that flag, super high, <laughs> proud and loud, loud and proud. Oh, one hundred percent. Let's see. So, what else rounds out your top three uh, for comic books? Well. Yeah, X-Men I've always had a, a, a deep love for. I think the, the next thing that pops out, and, and for me, like, there's certain periods of certain stories that, that um, like, it ended up igniting things inside of me. So another one for me is Hellboy. Like, the first time I see Hellboy pop up, he's the backup story for uh monkey man and o'brien like this team uh a, 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 an intelligent monkey and this super buff girl and uh but man i was blown away by mike mignola's artwork um it was so stark like the like i'd already fallen in love with him because he'd done this book called gotham by gaslight with batman mm -hmm. i it's a you know jack the ripper story um with with batman who's trying to figure out who jack the ripper is love the artwork so that when he went on and he did his own thing that was kind of like a like a shocking revelation i'm like wait a second comic book artists can go do something else they can do their own property like that was like whoa that blew me away and then the, the way the what the character was a monster battling monsters loved it so i've always kept up with hellboy like it's, it's i've watched all the movies good whether they were good or bad you know didn't matter Absolutely love them. So I would say that X-Men run, Hellboy, and then the other thing that sticks in my mind, um, which I didn't know at the time, uh, but it would be the foundation and the architect of what everybody now knows as the MCU is the Ultimates. Brian Hitch, Mark Millar, 
you get a completely different version of of uh tony stark uh captain america steve rogers black widow like <clears throat> if you kids if you're ever interested in finding out like i, I mean almost a one for one seeing where this stuff that you now love that you see in the movies go get ultimates one and two and and you want to make sure that you get ultimates one and two drawn by brian hitch written by mark millar that is the foundation of the mcu super well-told story outlandish out of control action like big screen action in a comic book like it, yeah, absolutely beautiful work, man. And it, and I wish that Marvel would pay homage to that in some way because you don't get Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson without those books. Brian Hitch literally drew Samuel Jackson into those books, and that's how that came into existence. It's it's awesome. So it's probably I would say my top three. I really have like top 25 30 to tell you the truth but those three just stand out immediately if i if somebody's going to go who are you going to what are you going to recommend for people it would be that particular x-men era hellboy and the ultimates yeah, yeah i remember i had kind of aged out when those took off but i remember how that completely caught a whole new generation of oh, like comic man. book fans oh, you yeah. know like that was like the kids under me or it's like when you know stuff you know like civil war was going on it's like okay cool like the generation right behind me was like swooping those up because yeah. that those like sleek designs oh, yeah. and those like younger storylines they just ate that up yeah i mean 100 brian hitch is, is a a master artist and a master like craftsman mm -hmm. um, which sometimes you get a master artist but you don't necessarily get a master craftsman this guy is literally a world building artist like everything that you see on the page is completely plausible it all the angles are correct like everything's dynamic he's every time him and mark millar the the writer get together <clears throat> they make magic like they they did a fantastic forerun that was like chef's kiss tremendous so i Anytime those guys are working together, I I definitely like will will scoop those up for sure. There's a another artist, uh, um, Jerome Pena, uh, Opeña. Every time he does something, he usually tends to pair himself up with really good writers, and uh, yeah, that tends to be like a like a go to book for me for sure. So yeah, that's pretty solid. Yeah, man. <laughs> so from comic books to um music or your music. song yeah song okay I, which th this is going to be <clears throat> near impossible so don't feel <laughs> oh no i i i'm i'm right there so <laughs> okay i i would say 100% my anthem is probably skulls by the misfits the misfits is my all-time favorite band um i remember they they were broken up for like i don't know 30 some like almost 34 years or something like that before they reunited and they were broken up way before my time but it was always one of those things like man if these guys ever get together i don't care if i have to like jump rail cars and you know <laughs> do whatever i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna be there so i actually got to go to 
the reunion show at Ride Fest in Denver. And that was just like a lifelong dream. You know, like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, like that yeah. was like I'm marking one of those perfect one days. Of those, like <laughs> one of the best days of my life. But um yeah, growing up we had you know, kind of crappy TV. Oh, sorry, language. Uh, kind of <laughs> not Everybody's so great. Oh, great. We had craptacular televisions, you know. So um, we didn't have cable. And I would watch, it wasn't public access, but like the local channels, you yeah. know. On the weekends when I didn't have school and I wasn't grounded, <laughs> I, I would be at home watching TV. And of course, the movies that they had rights to weren't anything recent right you know right. and even if they were something recent it was like the fifth sequel or whatever so i grew up watching a lot of movies from like the 50s 60s and 70s horror movies from those eras right classic yeah. movies black and white movies so to me like when the misfits who were doing their thing in like you know 78 79 in the early 80s they were singing about like horror movies from the 50s so like you know brain eaters and blind nine from outer space that was all stuff that was in my atmosphere even when i was in elementary school when i started listening to them like i was probably i think i was in the third grade when i started listening to them and even going into high school and getting more into horror i was you know that was just kind of my thing and they're kind of theatrical and if you really look at um at how those guys dressed and what they were into they really shaped like kind of like the future of like punk rock and stuff, right? Like a very specific style with right. that. And even here within Southern California, you know, like the spooky brown kids yeah. with like the yeah. tattoos and, and leather jackets and stuff, like they're kind of in the lineage, like direct descendants from like the misfits and their thing. Mexicans are particularly interesting because you'll have like the emo period yeah. Mexican. So the Smiths, the Cure. Susie and the yeah. Banshee, and then you have the punk metal yeah. period kids, and like, I I know that this happens like in the Midwest, and like you have these mm -hmm. like little clusters of, of white kids that are into that, but I think here in Southern California, it's the Mexican kids. Yeah, they're like the first ones to get on those scenes, yeah. you know, and it, it's fascinating that we gravitate towards because I, I I've got the same thing, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, that's. I was telling one of the guys that I was talking to from Texas about like Cholo Goth and how that's like a big thing here in Southern California. He's like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Yeah, it's like, you know, these like Goth like skater kids and stuff that you know grew up in like hood neighborhoods, and they didn't get into the gang life. So it's like the the Cholo and the Goth kind of, you know, like merged together. So it's like you know spooky, but I'll I'll mess you up, homie. You know? It's all kind of together and mixed yeah. up, you know, and yeah. you you really don't see that." Like that kind of came from here yeah, and kind of yeah. spread out. You know? 100%. So, yeah, I would say The Misfits, Skulls is like my anthem, but my favorite song of all time is probably Bizarre Love Triangle by New Order. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would that's, not have. That's a banger. I, I would say that that's pretty much like the perfect song. <laughs> I would not have guessed that at all. It, 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 it burns it down. Like you could play it at like a wedding. You could play it at a party. And that's one of those ones where pretty much just about anyone will kind of like get the fist bump going or the head shake going, you know? Um, it's like Sir Duke by um, um, Stevie Wonder. You, you can't hear that song and not be in a good mood after right, you hear right. it you know right. so yeah i would say for sure the misfits and that and then uh another band 
that really uh, is in a special place for me is Metallica. Because even though they were in music jail for a while, right? <laughs> I, grew, I grew up listening to them. I grew up listening to them. And then I had like a pretty important thing that happened in my life. And then with that, um, I went to go see them like literally like the next day. And it was kind of one of those things where like all these songs that I heard a bunch of times and whatever, they all kind of took on new meaning and it kind of gave a new yeah. life to that. And uh, yeah, that was something that I was able to share with Homegirl and she never really listened to them. And then she got super into them. So now that's kind of become like our thing nice. for our honeymoon. We went to go see them and I think we've seen them like, I don't know, like five or six times or something. We're going to go see them twice this summer. So that's kind of become like our thing now. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's that, that rounds that out for me for music. How about you? I'm so glad you said Metallica because I got a Metallica story, but <clears throat> I, I have a strange history with story. I mean, with, with uh, music <laughs> rather, not with story. I have a strange history with story too, but with music, when I was a kid, I hated music. Oh, really? Yeah. And <laughs> so when I was a kid, like a little kid, I'm talking like seven, like memory seven to 10. I, I hate music. My kid, my my mom and dad, all they listen to is like Mexican polka, known as banda, mm -hmm. which I would not find out until I was an adult, is a direct descendant of Germans mm -hmm. who migrated, got out of Germany, <laughs> Nazis who yeah. landed in Mexico, and somehow that filtered over into the Mexican culture, yeah. and that's where like that dun 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 that comes from yeah. that. But anyway. Hated that music. And then I had a uncle that moved in with us, him and his friend, and they were complete scumbags. <laughs> and they weren't scumbags for the music they listened to. They were scumbags because they were scumbags. But then on top of that, all they would listen to is like heavy, heavy metal, like rock. That made me hate heavy metal. So now I, I just, I didn't like this and I didn't like that. And I didn't like music. I finally make some really like like what would end up becoming lifelong friends in junior high and I'm over at my buddy's house and and we're in his garage and he starts playing uh Led Zeppelin. I'd never heard Led Zeppelin. Or or maybe I did, maybe during that period of time that my that my punk uncle was living with us. I don't know, but something switched in my brain. Like that just that dun da dun da dun 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 I'm like, what what is this? And I a complete turnaround. I became a junkie. All of a sudden I want to just devour everything, like listen to everything. And then I went from devouring all kinds of music. I started listening to Marvin Gaye, started listening to rap, like you know, like LL Cool J and and Beastie Boys and all this other stuff, like really starting to get into music. I remember telling my parents, I, you know, I want to go to a concert. They could never explain why, like necessarily, but in their broken English, they would go, no, you cannot go to a concert. I'm like, why? Like, I'll be completely safe. It does not matter. You cannot go to a concert. I, I bugged my parents so much about wanting to go to music that eventually my dad's like, when you're 18, you can go, you go to a concert. Okay. You're adult then you go. I'm like, all right. When I'm 18, literally marked it, man. As soon as I hit 18. From 18 to 22, I went I went and devoured everything that I possibly you know could. Fast forward to my buddy who played Led Zeppelin. 
I end up going with him and a bunch of other friends. We go to Metallica. You've been to a Metallica concert, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know what a Metallica concert is like now, but I can tell you what a Metallica concert was like then. Pure, absolute terror. <laughs> Everybody walking around was a Viking, like a certified, like, excuse me, sir, can I, can I look at your, uh, at your license? Pulls out. It would say barbarian. I've killed this many people. <laughs> this is how many beers I can devour. This is how many women I've bedded. Like it was just, ev we were in the land of giants. Everybody was shirtless, muscle bound, had bullet wounds, knife wounds. And they're just, I was like, this is insane. Like, I don't belong here. <laughs> I am not whatever this is. <laughs> Middle of the day, waiting for Metallica to come on. We're down our row. We see this woman and this man, and they're they're doing something that looks like you would see in the Animal Channel, mm -hmm. you know. And and then we're like, are they are they doing something you would see in the Animal Channel? And then it was confirmed when security came and tried to stop them from the Animal Channel behavior. And it the, the guy just told me, you just got to go away, and they just walked away. I was like whoa like we are not supposed to be here <laughs> by the time by the time metallica made their way out and in into the stage we were exhausted we had like heat exhaustion we were dehydrated it was not a good experience still love metallica to this day but man i was like i, I can never go back to a metallica concert again <laughs> i have been to concerts like the one that you're talking about <laughs> and uh yeah it is kind of one of those things but um, I would say like growing up, going to punk shows and backyard punk shows and yeah. stuff like that, you kind of get some street smarts as to like how to maneuver in crowds like yeah. that and how to, you know. Oh, but know... my, my IQ for concerts, it, it quickly, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you know, who, who to stay away from, who yeah. it's all right and then yep. where to keep your eyes you yep. know, during stuff like that. Yep. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely pick that up and then it's like, okay, cool. Like I see where we're at and then you can kind of figure out from different bands, like, all right, like I'm glad, like <laughs> one, one of the bands that, uh, that I like, it's, a, it's this New York hardcore band. You would see, you know, different people who might not like other types of people there at the show but yet like you know the lead singer do they rhyme with sati yeah, it's the, the lead singer he's actually like cuban okay <laughs> you know but it's like you you want to know that looking at the crowd sometimes right. and it's like i got i got my chaperone right here you know like we're good you know? but uh, the cool thing is that you know being here in southern california um it, it's pretty mixed up and eclectic oh, yeah, at, at these and stuff it's not like some of these other parts of the country where you can get stomped out at concerts like that. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, overall punk over uh, metal and another, a lot of like hardcore and other stuff, they really look out for each other in the pit. I think my first punk show was the adolescence, my freshman year of high school. So that, that was, I think that was my first one. There's an older kid, Matt. He invited me to go. So I remember my mom dropped me off at his house, and then his mom dropped us off. I realized what the sound was. It's it's this thing. Every time you tap it, oh yeah, just sorry. You, you can tap this. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're good. You're good. But I just realized I, I got too comfortable. <laughs> 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 sorry. No, you're uh, good. You're good. Yeah. So yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, I love music. Um, people say they listen to everything, but they don't really. A lot of people don't really listen to everything. No, no, like, no. I I really am pretty eclectic. Like, um, almost whatever type of music you throw at me, I could probably like yeah. name some bands or some songs or or something yeah. similar. Yeah, I I would go into periods where I would have like this. I I want to stay in this lane, mm-hmm. but as I got older, I'll, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I'll I'll take some Enya. Yeah, I'll take some Tool. Yeah, I'll take some Marvin Gaye. Yeah, I'll take, you know, just like I started to really appreciate a bunch of, like still to this day, one of my favorite artists is Prince. Mm-hmm. Like there's just something about the way that guy does, like what he does. It's so unique and different. And always to me, Prince always seemed like he had something to prove. And I suspect that had to do because he was a small dude, you mm-hmm. know, and, but man, what a force of nature. And same thing, like Tom Petty. Like, I remember listening to Q from, you know, tell him Steve, Dave and Practical Jokers talk about his love for Tom, Pe- Tom Petty. And up until that moment, I'm like, I didn't know anybody else really liked Tom Petty. I thought I just liked Ty- like Tom Petty. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's weird to have this connection with somebody you've never, well, I ended up meeting him eventually at San Diego Comic-Con. But at the time, I'm like, wow, that dude, that dude knows who Tom Petty is. And he likes Tom Petty. That's pretty cool. You know, I'm sure that's how people feel when they hear their whoever you know they happen to like do you remember a band oh man it was like one of the i i i can't remember the name of the now but one of their songs there uh no no was it that hold on sorry i was about to say that one of their songs the guy's like talking but it's like it's it's like heavy metal but he's like sometimes i just sit in my room and i just it's suicidal tendencies okay yeah it might in- institutionalized by suicidal tendencies. It it's might like my mom's like, well, you're on drugs. It's like, no, I'm not on drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it might they're from LA. It might be suicidal tendencies, yeah. but I hate to say if if it's not them, I apologize if this ever gets to you suicidal tendencies. But yeah. that Metallica concert that I was at, mm-hmm. they had five opening acts. And I think one of them was suicidal tendencies. Oh, probably. But it wasn't that song. It was a completely different song that he's singing, and we realized he was reading, like he had something set up in one of the amps in front of him, and he was like leaning down, and he's you know going da da, and we realized he was reading the lyrics from the song, and I don't know why, but for some reason that put us off. We're like, (laughs) dude, that's so lame. Like, how do you not know the the words to your own music? But (laughs) well, those guys. There's like a whole thing about that that they were like a gang here, like a like, gang? like a punk. There was punk gangs in L.A. and stuff. That's like uh, I don't know if you ever followed like No Effects at all. I know who they are. But, yeah, uh, I listened to them. I got their book, and that really hit home for me because when they were talking in the book, I was like, wow, like some of the kids that they're talking about, like. I felt like those were kids that I knew yeah. when I was growing up in high school. And, you know, like I was probably a few bad life choices away from ending <laughs> up like these guys, yeah. you know, because I was really into punk and music and stuff. And, uh, yeah, they were talking about like, you know, playing shows and like uh, suicidal tendencies, like, you know, the suicidals, which, you know, like kind of gang around yeah. and all that. They were like going smashing people up and, and sending people to the hospital and like all kinds of gnarly stuff. Blackwork Orange stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Back in like the, the early to mid eighties in LA. 
and causing riots at these shows and stuff like that. That's crazy. But um, no, I, I guarantee you it's going to be suicidal tendencies. The song's institutionalized because yeah. I even got my suicidal tendencies hat with the bill <laughs> flipped up. And the other, the other um, band that I had been looking forward to, but again, I think this had to do, and, and, and this is a uh, uh, overkill moment for me, <clears throat> is um, we had gone to this festival and one of the people that was closing the festival out was Tool. And at the time, I was really into Tool like that. I think that guy's got a great voice, you know. And um, But it felt like Tool was going on forever. Like, they were just, the songs wouldn't end. And we're like, when's the next act going to come out? But they were closing out the show, and we didn't understand that. So the the people that I was with, we all got exhausted and we were out in this field because it, it was Lollapalooza. So we're run, you know running from spot to spot, but this was our final thing. So we all laid down on the ground in the grass away from the crowd, listen to the music. And we're just looking up into the stars. It's nighttime. And we see this star that all of a sudden zips over to the left and stops. And I, and I was my buddy, Justin and well, a couple of other people, but I'm like, Hey, did you just see that? Or did, did anybody else catch that? And he he's like, shh, shh, hold on, hold on. And then we see it zip back over to you know the other way and just stops dead. And he's like, what the? And now we're then we see another one pop up. And I think a total of three lights ended up popping up. And if you said now that they were drones, I'm like 100% because we know that technology. You say drones back then, when I'm 19, I don't know what a drone is. I have no clue. So most likely that technology existed then, and it was military technology. And in fact, we weren't that far away from uh, 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 March Air Force Base. And I think there's another military installation not too far, you know, that bleeds over into like Nevada or not Nevada, but Arizona area. But I'm telling you, like, we're like, are we looking at UFOs? Like, is that... Is that what the, it was insane? It was the nuttiest thing that, and we all experienced it together as a group. So I'm like, okay, I'm not crazy, <laughs> or at least, or at least it's group psychosis. <laughs> well, that's, that's part of that song. Oh, I'm not crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, man, that that's my music. Uh, I wait, did I? Did I? Yeah, Led Zeppelin. I would say, yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the thing that opened the door, cracked the door, but for everything else. Oh yeah, when when I saw the song remains the same, that's so I was like, I'm gonna learn how to play guitar. <laughs> oh yeah, I rented that one from Hollywood Video. Oh, that's cool. That's awesome, man. All right, and the last thing was was it favorite movie? Yeah, yeah. Like I the movie that it it might not have to be your your favorite movie necessarily, but maybe more in line of what we've just been discussing, like. I didn't even I didn't even plan it to be this way, but these ends up being it ends up being the thing that gets you into your love of you know whatever. So, is there a particular one that stands out for you? Well, my favorite movie of all time is Pulp Fiction. Oh wow! Yeah, I actually <laughs> I know don't. how good my coffee is. You don't got to tell me. <laughs> don't, don't don't judge my mom for this, but I saw. I saw... <laughs> <laughs> All I'm gonna do is judge your mom. 
That's the greatest opening. <laughs> Listen, don't, don't judge my grandpa for this. It's, just, it's a different time. I, I saw that movie in elementary school. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And that movie blew me away. And I love that movie. I've probably seen that movie more than any movie ever in my life. And oh, I just feel like ever since I was the first time I saw it and every time I've seen it since, that movie is just like the epitome of cool. Like <laughs> it is the coolest movie with the coolest characters, the coolest dialogue, the coolest stories. Like everything about that movie is cool. And it definitely kind of shaped my outlook on movies and my opinion on what cool is and stuff like that. Uh, in terms of like most influential movie in my life, it would probably be Terminator 2. Because that is the first movie. Right? But that movie was the first movie that I saw in the theaters. And it completely blew me away. And I mean, I I was a child, like a very small child. But it just totally captured my imagination. And, and really, you know, I think that sparked my love of movies to the point where I still go to the movies like once a week. And I have been like pretty much like my entire life. You yeah. Know? You're a beast when it comes yeah. to going to movies. Like, I love going to movies. Like uh, when I was in middle school and high school, I would, you know, well in middle school, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't think I might've been going in elementary too, but um. Yeah, I would save up like, you know, coins and I found on the street and cans and whatever. If I can get a couple bucks together, then on the weekend, I can go to this discount theater that would play three movies back to back. They did the matinee and then the late showing, right? Would so, you would you hop? Well, that was it was one theater. Oh, okay, right? okay, okay. But I didn't have to hop. <laughs> it was just one theater and it would show three movies. But what I found out was that I can get into the G-rated movie without a parent. But if I waited it out, <laughs> right. if I waited it out, I could stay to the rated R movie. Right. So that's how I ended up watching stuff like Spider Man and Training Day <laughs> the same day, you know? And the thing was, was like, I'd ride my skateboard down there. My mom knew where I was at. I would watch the first movie, second movie, third movie. And if the first movie was good enough, I would stick around and watch that one again. You're an animal. You know? <laughs> could, well, I mean, when I was a, I was a kid, I, know, I didn't I know, have anything else to do. Wild. But like, Terminator 2 definitely charred. I was like the primer to charge my love of movies for like the rest of my life. And I still try and capture that like 90s vibe of like, hey, you want to go to the movies? Cool. Let's go to the movies. Right. And it's like, damn, Independence Day sold out. Like, what are we going to do? And it's like, oh, and the lines are super long. Well, what starts next? That one. Right. So I kind of try and live my life a little bit like that, where Every week we just go see whatever, like, what's the big movie of the week? Right, right. That one. All right. Well, every Thursday we'll go see it. And then whether it was good or bad or if we walked out or whatever, we went to go see it and we have an opinion on it because yeah. we saw it and yeah. we can talk about it. And I could, I've really used movies as a bridge to like, you know, just about everyone loves movies. And even if you don't love movies, there's a reason why you don't like them, right? So it, it's almost a universal language. So oh, yeah. watching all these different movies, I could find a way to talk to movies about someone. Uh, I'm pretty good with actors, maybe not the years that things came out, but um, yeah, usually 
if people throw a movie out at me, I could probably name two actors that were in that movie and then name two movies that those people were in. Nice. Usually. Not all the time. Right, right. But usually. <clears throat> yeah, so th those are some some pretty big ones for me. Nice. I... You can, we can circle back around. You can talk about this, but, but my experience with movies, like the first time I, I'm aware of a movie and, and like it, it messes me up is I get accidentally, I'm accidentally allowed to watch the exorcist. <laughs> so that like really hurt my feelings, like hurt my psyche. <clears throat> but I would say the. The two people that captured me when I was a little kid, Spielberg and Lucas. Um, I don't see Star Wars, the original one, because it comes around. Uh, uh, it comes out around the time that I was born. But I did go see Empire Strikes Back, so I had no context to Empire to like Star Wars because we went to go to the movie uh, to the drive-in theater and and we watched. And I can't even tell you what other movie we watched because. My entire imagination was just captured by what I had just seen. Didn't, like I said, I had no context, didn't understand what was happening. All I knew is like, this is amazing. The next time that I end up feeling that way is Indiana Jones. I'm like, so, so Spielberg and Lucas for sure caught me immediately right off the bat. And then from there, I just start consuming, you know, like any time that I could watch something, Terminator 2. Terminator, the first one, the first Alien, like just uh, man, I I loved it all. Now, I do have a uh, Pulp Fiction story. So you said you saw that, and oh, how? Oh. Uh, I I was easily uh, I don't know, probably like seven. Okay, six or seven. So I'm a little older, than, and you saw it in the movie theater. No, uh, home video. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I saw it in the movie theater. It's the first time I'd ever seen people leave the movie theater. It's the first first time our friends left us, like me and my buddy Kevin Cohn. We were howling in the movie. Just I, we just could not believe what we were watching. We were like, "This is insane." I re distinctly remember our friends going, "This is disgusting. We're leaving," and they like literally walked out. Bunch of people got up and walked out. We stuck around. But we were the only two psychos in the whole entire theater that were laughing. I mean, that moment when Bruce Willis is looking for the perfect weapon yeah. and you can hear Marcellus Wallace in the background, we were screaming, laughing so hard, dude. It was, and I, I've not seen that movie every single year, but I have gone back to it, you know, to check. And it's brilliant performances. What, whatever you might think about the context of that movie, you know, it, it, this would be one of those things where I'm like, look. If you're sensitive, I don't recommend it. If you're if, if if you're of a particular like your faith is in a particular way, like as a Christian, I don't recommend it. But if you're looking for a story that's actually a really good story, even though it's messed up and it's hyper realism, you're not going to get anything better. Yeah. I mean, it, the way all the different threads, I it I think it literally is the the catalyst to to start other movies attempting to do the same thing take all these different moments and try to thread them together at the end of the line to have the whole thing make sense it's a genius movie i mean it's a, and tarantino just he does not miss in my opinion like i when i found out that he wrote um 
years later after I watched it, when I found out he wrote True Romance, I remember watching True Romance and going, that was effed up and somehow still beautiful. Like that relationship yeah. was real, but that was, who did that? And then years later, I found out, oh yeah, of course that was Tarantino. That makes complete sense. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What do you think is in the suitcase? <laughs> I mean... What what everybody's always assumed is that it's Marcellus Wallace's soul, is is what's in the suitcase. I've never really deviated from that idea that that there's some some kind of divinity in there's something that is you know super important and you know it makes sense to me as much as anything else that it would be a soul. But I've actually never gone to look for a. a specific response either from like i've never wanted to know the answer does that make sense yeah it's i don't think that there's actually anything in it i think it's just kind of the MacGuffin, right and that's why he did that like cartoonish because if you think about it like when i was a kid when i saw it right when do you see gold flash on people's faces like yeah in like looney tunes yeah. where it's all like i got the thing that i'm looking for and it's not always gold it's what they were looking for right 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 so it's like it, it could have been like a can of soda right but that's what they were looking for and it's like huh and, you know, <laughs> and then what is it oh it's a can of soda right so yeah in my mind i think that that's just kind of his like MacGuffin, and he did that in like a cartoonish type way and then it's just his thing, his movie maker secret that he can take with him to the grave, yeah, all, all the yeah. way down. Yeah, because whatever people are going to come up with is going to be smarter than what he actually planned for it to be. And then also, it ends up being whatever people come up with. It that's what's in it. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. So if you're like, you know, it's the first samurai sword. <laughs> okay, then that's it. If yeah. it's a gremlin, okay, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I absolutely love that movie. Yeah, yeah. I've I can't believe how many times i've watched it in my life and then there's always layers and learning new things and stuff and then with i have probably like five different versions of it and each of them have like different you know commentary and different you know bonus features and one of the things i i learned a while back was um remember how vincent is telling uh the drug dealer the heroin dealer eric soltz's character yeah how some dude keyed up or someone keyed up his car yeah it was butch yeah <laughs> yeah because remember when they have that interaction at yeah. the bar and it's like what you looking at beluka and stuff yeah. like that well butch goes outside and he keys up his car and then he leaves yeah so he was the one who keyed up his car <laughs> <laughs> dude that's yeah i'm so glad you brought up that name that, that guy eric stoltz yeah like i don't get to see him in anything anymore like i, I hate that some people have just kind of fallen away yeah. from I love that dude as an actor. I I don't know if we've ever have we ever talked about um the the movie that he did where he was an angel. It's like the 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 movie is stacked. It's got him, Christopher Walken, um Vor, uh, Viggo Mortensen, who he's Satan in the movie. Oh, are you you're talking about the Omen? It, no, it's called the Prophecy. Oh, the Prophecy. Okay. Yeah. Like, dude, I was close because Christopher Walken's in both of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Walken in, in the prophecy plays uh, the angel Gabriel, mm -hmm. and uh, and Viggo Morton plays Satan, mm -hmm. like in the movie. And then it's got uh, that dude from um, Special Units, uh, you know, like not CSI, but uh, ends. No, it's the one that's set in New York. The yeah. Special Victim. You're talking about Christopher Mal Maloney. Yeah, 
Christopher Maloney is in yeah. that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty stacked movie. It's yeah. still one of my favorite, like, you know, I don't even know what genre to call it. Like, it's not necessarily horror. I, I would say, like, uh, horror fiction. Is it? Yeah, like, uh, yeah. yeah, horror fiction, I guess, yeah. would be a good way to put it. Yeah. Like, I, I love that movie, man. I, I want to go back and want to go back and revisit that one and the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey where uh, he's getting uh, messages from God, him and his him and his boys. Oh, um, well, there, no, are you talking, Matthew McConaughey is not there, but uh, Bill Paxton's in Frailty. Oh, it's, it's, it's yeah. that one. Yeah. Yes. It's Bill Paxton. It's not yeah. Matthew McConaughey. You're right. It, yeah. yeah frailty yeah those two i'm pretty good with movies yeah you know? those two movies are like standouts for me like i i, I think we talked about this before i don't like gore mm -hmm. but i love like horror suspense i mean i think we did talk about this uh one time that i was with you on with you boys with you and gray where the two of the movies that made me walk out of a movie, movie theater and i was like like What's happened to me? Like what's happened to my my world was the first Blair Witch movie and the first Matrix, where I walked out and I'm like, something's different. Something's changed. And I'm not really I don't understand it yet. Like I, I have to process this. And normally when I go to movies, I'm just it's entertainment. Yeah. So as soon as I walk out, I'm like, okay, that was fun, you know? But well, those two, I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, you you ready for this? That happened to me when I saw the arrival. Did you see the arrival? The arrival with is Jeremy Renner and oh, that's such a beautiful uh, movie. Uh, uh, Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Yeah, that's such a great movie. So that movie, my brain was melted when I walked out of that. Yeah, and I came to the realization that time travel has been a very huge theme through my life because you know, like that movie, the big message in that movie is like, essentially, they're saying the meaning of life is. The, the walk and not the right. destination, right. right? So when you're talking about time travel and them giving the gift of time, spoilers alert, them giving the <laughs> yeah. gift of time travel by understanding that all time happens at once and stuff like that, right? And once you can unlock that, then you can unlock everything. And I realized like, wow, Back to the Future, Terminator 2, Slaughterhouse 5, which one of my high school teachers gave me to read. And, and he was my math teacher, but he was like, hey, man, I think you would dig this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, um, Back to the Future, Terminator 2, Slaughterhouse 5, The Watchmen, like all these different things all centered around like time, time travel yeah. and the thought of time. Like I realized how important that theme was in my life after walking out of that movie. And my brain was just like, <clears throat> and I was walking home. And uh, I was walking through a parking lot, and all of a sudden, one of my coworkers like sneaks up on me, and I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> you know, like the Kramer <laughs> startled, and then he's like, "Hey, I was I was yelling at you from across the parking lot. Are you okay?" And I was like, "No. Have you seen the arrival?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "Oh my god!" Like. <laughs> he, I was so deep in my own thoughts after yeah. walk, walking out of that movie. He was yelling at me from across the parking lot, and I just. But yeah, that movie melted my mind like that. Yeah. I, I maybe maybe I'm overstating it, but <clears throat> you something you just reminded me of right now that I wanted to like say before we before we sign off. To me at least, how important the 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 chance to be able to get together with complete strangers 
in this dark room and experience this thing, whatever it might be for the very first time, uh, to me is still magical. Like mm -hmm. this whole era that we're in where you can catch something at home, you know, the convenience of it. I totally get it, but man, I hope, I hope that movie theaters never die and they never go away because I, it's, it, it, it was, it wasn't until years later that I really started to appreciate what that kind of moment is, that kind of event. And I think as humans, it's not just that we value it, but I think we need it. Like when you go to a music festival and you're with complete strangers and you're all vibing out to the same thing. Like, I mean, it's, it's literally what happened to us when we went to Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. We go to Comic-Con, complete strangers, go to, to, you know, to this event. We end up talking in line. And years later, here we are sitting together doing a, a podcast. Like, it's insane. Like, it's, I, I think it's like a vital component to the human experience. Like, strangers need to be able to get together at events and experience something together and then walk out of that. And like, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, I mean, I, I know that humans are built for community, but I, th I think we don't even sometimes understand all the different ways of community that we need to be together in, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's just, it, it does bum me out like the, the last couple of years of COVID and everybody being isolated and, I think we're still seeing the, you know, everybody relearning how to reconnect in, in these, you know, in these ways. And, and on the flip side, I, I did see a bunch of people just go crazy and they're like, Leza, we're all getting together no matter what, you know, like, yeah. like there, there is that. And I totally get that, but man, I, I really appreciate that, that experience that I've been able to have over the years. And it's a, it's actually a super small price to pay. Like 14 bucks, six bucks, you know, eight bucks, five bucks, whatever the amount is to like go with strangers, laugh, cry, cheer. Like that's the best, man. When you, I remember the first 10 years of, of the Marvel movies and going to, you know, an Avengers movie or, you know, Captain America Civil War and like hearing everybody laugh at the same time, everybody cheer at the same, like that's just like, I, it's amazing to me like i love it I well love it. that to me that's like one of the most probably the most like spiritual event in the movie theater oh, was yeah. the scene where uh you hear on your left yeah with like yeah, everyone I started crying. Back. oh everyone was I, yeah it was, like, like, <laughs> it, 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 it was like like wolf of wall street where like grown men were crying people were screaming people were like jumping out of their seats running yeah. down the aisles like, yeah like collectively like <laughs> The whole room got turned up to 11 and everyone was screaming and everyone was losing their mind dude and it was wonderful it, and it I, I always think about that and and to really think like that was just like two months before covid yeah I mean, like that was just right there before it's crazy before covid shut That's, everything down yeah and like when we weren't sure if theaters were going to come back and stuff yeah. I would think about that and it's like, well, at least I have that. Yeah. You know, yeah. That, that was just yeah. the best. 100%. Dude, it's become a cliche now, but one of my favorite things is when you go to a movie theater that happens to be located in a, a type of neighborhood, that's the best. Yeah. That's the best, dude. I still have this 
awesome memory of uh, like I, I think I'm 16. I'm in Long Beach. I'm watching uh, maybe not 16, but maybe around there. I'm watching uh, People Under the Stairs. Mm-hmm. You remember that mm-hmm. movie? And, and this dude, he's like, "Don't go in there. You're gonna die, <laughs> dude." Every, oh, pure comedy like going into you know certain neighborhoods movie yeah. theaters well it, it, it depends if you're watching the a best movie or if you're watching terms of endearment like it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't always translate exactly no, that's the same true. way <laughs> but man well, that, that's like when i was at babylon the other night the lady was just narrating everything that oh, was on the that's screen terrible like that's the, terrible. yeah she's like oh oh that, that's an elephant wow yeah oh oh wow is that girl dead? Oh, she's dead. Oh, oh my God. But oh, that's how, that sounds like a somebody, car. So who's on the spectrum? <laughs> well, no, I, I don't know what she was doing, but it was like that one family guy where like, uh, they're like, oh, I hired Randy Newman to narrate what we're doing. It, it was literally like that. And you got a friend, yeah. didn't me? <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, like I'm jet lagged and this lady will not stop talking. I was like, well, I mean, the movie's probably almost over. There's two more hours. Oh, I, I can't do this. I yeah, just need it's to a go. long movie. I just need to go home. So yeah. I left. But it's not because it wasn't a good movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. That lady was It was circumstances fun. rather than, yeah. That's that's actually, if I ever was like, F you rich, and I always tell homegirl, I was like, that would be my thing. I would just put all my favorite things in one place. Like I would buy a strip mall, right? You got like your hipster movie theater, kind of like an Alamo draft house type yeah. situation with a comic shop, a tattoo shop, a pizza place. Pizza place. <laughs> yeah. It'd be called American Pico, like American Psycho. <laughs> and a pizza place. Well, no, believe me, we spent hours. We spent hours All right. planning this out. So now I just need like if two, I two billion ever, dollars. If I ever get that money, we will make this happen. Yeah, there you go. I will invest in this. Yeah. <laughs> that is dope. Yeah, because it, it would just be a, a little cultural hangout for all like the spooky young kids to come hang out. I'll also make a room that is like glass, you know, and and we'll have gray twitching in there playing uh, <laughs> Call of Duty and anything else that comes out. And with... A speaker where you can hear, you know, it, it's coming out. <laughs> we'll make millions off that. There you go. <laughs> That's that dumb. sounds like a plan. We'll spend spend billions to make millions. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and with that, man, I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, you know, being willing to come on and and join me for for becoming an honorary Hispanic. Thank you. Thank you so much. (laughs) And uh, Gray, we love you. We love you, man. We miss you. We can't wait to get back on with you. And uh, man, thank you again, man. Thanks for sharing all of that. Thanks for having me. You're awesome, dude. I love you, brother. (laughs) Love you too, man. So guys, with that, we will leave you and I will leave you like I always do. Drink your water, take your vitamins, eat your vegetables. Love you guys. We'll talk to you later. Peace.